throughout Lent, we're inviting you to read through the Gospel of John. And as you're reading, to be thinking about these questions that are on the screen about, about the wilderness, both literally and metaphorically. And today we read from the third chapter of John. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be ashamed that I say to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. Do you ever experience being misunderstood? You ever had that happen where you were just misunderstood? Maybe the words that you used didn't quite communicate what you were trying to get across. Or maybe the other person already had their minds so made up, they were so convinced of their point of view that there was really no chance that they would see things from, from your perspective, from your point of view. Well, certainly you're not alone if you've been misunderstood. Jesus has been misunderstood many, many times. And in the Gospel of John, misunderstanding Jesus happens over and over again. Another question for you. Do you want to see the kingdom of God? Do you want to see the kingdom of God? Did you notice that the first words of Jesus in our reading this morning are about seeing the kingdom of God? Jesus responds to Nicodemus and he says, No one can see the kingdom of God without. Now Nicodemus had been seeing what Jesus was doing. 
Nicodemus had a sense that Jesus was up to something deeply connected with God. And so Nicodemus comes to Jesus and says, no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Nicodemus tells Jesus that he's seeing God at work in him. But what had Nicodemus been seeing? Well, maybe Nicodemus, if you look back from chapter 3 to chapter 2, maybe Nicodemus was there and he saw Jesus at the wedding at Cana in Galilee. Anybody know what Jesus did at the wedding? He turned water into wine. Especially the Catholics usually answer that question. Right? Because that's one of the mysteries you meditate on anyway. Sorry. Jesus at the wedding, he takes this water that is meant for purification and he turns it into wine for celebration. So maybe Nicodemus saw that sign. Or maybe Nicodemus saw Jesus when he went into Jerusalem later in the second chapter and he goes into the temple in Jerusalem and he turns over the tables and then he talks about destroying the temple and how Jesus would rebuild it in three days. Maybe that's what Nicodemus was seeing. John tells us, now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, the leader of the Jews, and he came to be Jesus by night, came to Jesus by night, and he said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Then Jesus answered him, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above, born again. And then Nicodemus says, how can anyone be born after growing old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb? Jesus starts talking about seeing the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus, thinking about being born again, talks about entering into the womb again to be born. And Jesus responds, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of the Spirit. Sometimes you'll hear people say that it's important that we just take the Bible literally. Some of you are smiling. Jesus gets taken literally by Nicodemus. And because Nicodemus takes him literally, he misunderstands him. Nicodemus knows how birth happens. And he knows that once you've been born, there ain't no going back. You can't go back in and come out again. It just doesn't work that way. And so Nicodemus misunderstands. He literally can't understand Jesus. And then Jesus takes Nicodemus out into the wilderness. And he says, you know, the wind, it blows where it chooses. And you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with anyone born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus is in the dark. He's in the spiritual wilderness. Nicodemus had, had come to Jesus by night. He had come by night. And in John's gospel, so many things have multiple levels of meaning. So Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus, when Nicodemus comes by night, it also means that Nicodemus was in the dark. 
It's not just that the time change screwed up his clock. He was in the dark. He didn't know. He didn't understand. And so it is with the Jesus talk about birth. It, it functions on multiple meaning levels. Have you ever thought about that image of being born of God, being born anew, being born again? When I was in college, I, uh, I was pretty serious. I was serious about my life. I was serious about my relationships, and I was trying to work hard on them. I was trying to work hard on my faith, and I met regularly with our campus pastor. Steve was his name. And one of the times I was meeting with him and I was trying to work through these things with, with my relationship with God and other relationships and I was just, and finally Steve interrupted me and he said, he said Jeff, you, you know when the Bible where it talks about, Jesus talks about being born, born anew, born from above, born again. And I was like, yeah, I know that. And he looked at me and he said, Jeff, how hard did you work the first time you were born? How hard did you work when you were born? I didn't work at all. A lady named Ruth, she labored hard. Right? And then Steve looked at me and he said, Do you think that you could trust that just as God was faithful with your first birth, that God will be faithful again now in this new birth? Can you trust and relax and not make your faith so much work. Relax and trust. And that really opened my eyes to see things differently. As I've been reading and studying this passage the last couple of weeks, it strikes me that, that maybe Nicodemus has come to talk to Jesus because he saw that Jesus was challenging the systems that Nicodemus had thought of how God worked and what our spiritual work should be like. John tells us, now a Pharisee named Nicodemus, Nicodemus was a Pharisee, and Pharisees were Jewish religious leaders who were really strict in their observance of the traditional laws, and they were really, tried really hard to do everything right. And they had a whole system in their mind of the way that God worked. And that could lead them to a real sense of superiority. When I was a teenager, I, I longed to connect more deeply with God. And uh, I grew up on the edge of the Catholic Church. We'd go to church for a, a year or two, and then we'd quit going to church because we'd get too busy camping and hunting and fishing and skiing and all those other things. And then we'd go back to church again and work hard to get through First Communion and get through Confirmation. And in the midst of that time, as I wanted to connect with God and my faith to grow, we also had some other friends, Baptists and other folks. And somewhere I got this little brochure that was like, how to make sure you're going to heaven. And then this brochure, it also had in there uh, these uh, things that you should do. And I remember there was, a, there was a prayer that you were supposed to pray. And that prayer would, if you prayed that prayer, then you were born again and everything would be okay. So I remember praying that prayer as a, as a teenager and 
about a month would go by, about a month went by, and I looked in the mirror, and there was this jerk named Jeff looking back at me. I was still a jerk. So I'd pray the prayer again. Think, okay, good, now I'm born again. About a month go by, and I'd look in the mirror, and there's Jeff the jerk still staring back at me. Like, what happened? I must not have done it right. I better pray it again. I don't know how many times I prayed that prayer again and again and again. And then when I was in, by the time God tricked me into going to seminary, I was reading Martin Luther, and Martin Luther talked about how the Christian life is nothing but a daily baptism, once begun and ever continued. That that rhythm of going back and surrendering to God, that that's just something that's an everyday occurrence. And no wonder I had that jerk looking back at me because I had skipped doing it for a month. Jesus, in his encounter with Nicodemus, I think he breaks all of those systems with the way that, God, that Nicodemus thinks God is supposed to work. And instead of those systems, lifts up the Holy Spirit. That spirit that stirs and blows, and we don't know where it comes from or where it goes, but it just, it's that power of God at work in our lives. And did you notice that Nicodemus does not come to Jesus saying, what do I have to do to go to heaven? Sometimes put that, people put that frame around this story. Jesus is telling you here, what you have to do to go to heaven, it's, that's not what is going on here. The initial conversation is all spurred because Nicodemus sees Jesus and he sees Jesus doing these things and he thinks God's at work in this one. And then Jesus Jesus calls Nicodemus to this marvelous mystery of grace, the spirit who blows where she will and gives birth, new birth. Jesus proclaims the promise of God's love, that visible gift of Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world but that the world might be saved through him. You see, in John's gospel and in the scriptures, eternal life isn't just a ticket that you get so that when you die, you can go somewhere else. Eternal life in the scriptures is is about life with God, relationship with God right here and right now, about seeing God's kingdom right here and right now, God's work right here and right now, and life in relationship with God that continues on forever and ever again. So I ask you again, do you want to see the kingdom of God? Then when you go outside today and you feel the wind blow, let the Spirit stir in your life. Let the Spirit open your eyes and trust that just as God was faithful with your first birth, God is faithful in your new birth as well. Nicodemus came in the dark, and I don't know what darkness you're in the midst of right now. I don't know what systems you're working so hard at in your spiritual life, but I do know that Jesus, the light, shines in the midst of our darkness. That Jesus, with that great gift of the Spirit, sets us free. And so when you feel misunderstood in the coming days, I invite you to slow down and listen. 
listen to others and try to understand them. Maybe ask a gracious, clarifying question. And when you find yourself in the dark, listen to Jesus and allow the Spirit to open the eyes of your heart to hear what he has for you. Won't you pray with me? God, we give you thanks for your amazing love, your love for the world, and that you would so freely give your Son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. And God, we thank you that you didn't send your son into the world to condemn it, but that the world might be saved through him. And so as you send us out today, send us out with that same love, that we might be agents of your grace, that we might see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.